Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to talk the world's game from an American perspective. Presented by ShopFutsal.com, you're listening to Two Up Front, where we focus on all things American soccer. Now in the studio, your hosts, Baxter Colburn and Simon Provan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the following edition of Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan, let's get right to it. The soccer world, so many exciting things. The Premier League right around the corner. The U.S. Open Cup Finals are officially decided, and so much more. Olympic soccer, MLS soccer, no NWSL, unfortunately. Still, you got a couple of weeks still. But we do have an exciting NWSL interview later on in the program. We will be joined by... Orlando Pride's very own number eight. They call her Apple. Well, we call her Sarah Hagen, but they call her Apple because she's from Appleton, Wisconsin. So it's kind of like a hometown spotlight slash women's soccer spotlight yeah. all at the same time yeah. kind of thing. So yeah. she'll be here with us right in our second segment. Fantastic interview. Great opportunity to speak with her. And then Simon's best friend, Josh Hakala of the Cup.us <laughs> will be here with us as well to recap all the craziness going on in the Lamar Hunt Open Cup. Yes, and, and don't excitement. be confused when you hear that interview with Sarah. We're not going to lie. Obviously, it was it's pre-recorded. Yes. I'm out of the studio for that one. You so, are, yes. So, so, I'm if here, but I'm gone. If you're listening, you're like, wait a minute, Simon. Yeah, so How it, did he do that? Yeah, he's an actor. He can throw his voice all over the place. <laughs> like, here I am. No, I'm over here. It's like, where are you? He's a shifty guy, but we love him. But if you're a shifty fellow on social media, we obviously know that there are a lot of places people can find us, right, Simon? They sure can. On Facebook, just type in the search line, 2UpFront. You can find us on Twitter, at 2UpFrontSoccer. Don't forget that soccer part of that. Yes. And, of course, website, 2UpFrontSoccer.com. All, we're also on Twitter, Baxter, at Simon Provan, at Baxter Colbert. Yes, indeed. If you're using that shift button to use the, the at symbol or the yes. whatever hashtag that you're about to use, you obviously I thought it was that. the pound sign. Why is everybody pounding everything? <laughs> pound to upfront soccer. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Of course, if you like to listen to us, because if you wouldn't be listening to us right now, you obviously don't like listening to us. So if you wouldn't be listening to us, you wouldn't be here. But you are, so we appreciate that. But anyway, you can listen to us on Fridays, of course, on the Sports Podcasting Network by going to sportspodcastingnetwork.com, and then on demand anytime on iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com, and on iTunes. Go there, subscribe, and write us a review if you are so inclined, and tell us how amazing we are, even though we already know, because we're married to amazing women. They tell us daily how amazing we are. Right, Simon? It's good water, Baxter. I got a really good... No. <laughs> anyway. Yes, yes, she does. Yeah, yes, she does. there we go. Yes, she does. All right, yeah. Simon. Wow, let's roll along with the kick around part of the show. Lots of different things uh, to talk about. 
Uh, let's just roll down the list here. We've got a couple of different things. Some debates, some just quick hits here. Uh, let's talk about Paul Pogba first. He officially has signed with Manchester United for a cool small amount of 89 million pounds or i believe it translates to what is it 130 million dollars around US, there yes thereabouts yep. uh some people are calling it a bargain simon the bbc is calling that deal a bargain well i was just reading through this article back so the reason they're calling it a bargain is how much he will apparently help with making money off of marketing well yeah of course you bring paul pogba to any team he would immediately blow up your well marketing. and that's why they're saying he's he's worth the money it's not just because they're going to make that back in exactly a second. yeah right which right. makes sense and you know we all know the transfer market this year is crazy because of the tv money pouring sure. into the premier league oh, so yeah. so everybody's everybody's price tag has jumped super high i'd agree yeah no, uh, it's amazing honestly you see these guys i mean john stones sorry john stones is no longer a part of everton i am not he's upset been, with that at all you're I, not upset i thought that was a great deal for everton fair enough he, his, his end they of the did season get ashley williams though from you know the former swansea guy though. well now they're talking possibly about selling lukaku that i think that would be I've heard i think rumors, that would yeah. be a mistake mm-hmm. however uh stones he did not have the bet i'd say like the last Five to six games of the season was he was not playing his best, yeah, and it, even throughout the entire season he was up and down. I'd agree with it, that. It, yeah. it was an odd year. Um, so I'm actually I'm okay with the money they got for him. Everton can now invest this. Mm-hmm. It actually gives me some hope for Everton. That's well, as an Everton fan, you have to. That's all you live on is hope. Basically, oh, well, that's true. Right? Yes. Well, yes, know, and I wish you the best of luck. Which brings us to our next thing with the Premier League. It starts in just a couple of days. It I does. believe it starts Saturday officially. So tomorrow, if you're listening to the show here on Friday. Uh, it's a it's a full slate of games, of course, for those that that love the Premier League, and of course the one question on everybody's mind: Will Leicester City be even half as good as they were yes. last season? They will be half as good. You think they will be at least? I half think as good? I think they will finish somewhere in the top seven. Top seven, I think that's respectable. Obviously, I mean they're going to be, uh, you know, of course, a part of the Champions League. They get a first round buy. They they skip over all the the formalities that are. Yeah, the, they're in the, they're in the group stages, which is crazy. Which I I, I mean. More power to him, I guess, you know, at, at that point. But uh, you, you have to wonder. You, you look at, you know, the, the, the games that will be taking place this weekend. I mean, uh, Everton-Tottenham, I think, will be a big one, of course, on Saturday. Um, Arsenal-Liverpool, I think, will be a big one. Chelsea-West Ham. Otherwise, it's kind of just a, a slathering of games back and forth. I mean, Leicester, they play Hall City. Swansea-Burnley, West Brom, Crystal Palace, Stoke, Middlesbrough. Southampton, Watford, Man City, Sunderland, and then Bournemouth, Man United. So not exactly, you know, the world-class schedule of opening weekend, but I feel like a lot of eyes will be, of course, on Arsenal-Liverpool, even the Man United-Bournemouth game, because people want to see how good is Jose Mourinho in his first and how good is Lott and how good is Pogba, things like that. But uh, do you do you have a? I know you have so much free time in your life, Simon. But if, if is there gonna are you gonna try to catch even some of the Everton game at all, or are you just gonna kind of monitor from afar? Well, Baxter, I'll actually won't be won't be coaching, but I'll be watching my daughter in her first tournament. Oh, okay. of the season first so, tournament I already. Gotta sit on the sidelines now, which is it's already been difficult for me to <sighs> drop you, her off at practice. And have not. you invested in duct tape to put over your mouth <laughs> so you're not like playing that uh, that parent I, coach? I, I promise not to be the parent coach. Uh, I, I bring absolutely. your your megaphone. Like run faster! Be like, come on! No, I'm gonna say, hey Sarah, tell her to. Yeah, I just tell the wife. Be like, who's the soccer mom? She won't stop yelling at the kids. But what she sounds really smart. Yeah, exactly. They're playing a three-four-three. You need to press up. Pull the wingers. Be like, what is going? Wow, she's smart. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know if I'll be able to. You know, I'll set my DVR.
DVR for a few of the games. Of course, I do have to uh, check in on, on my Everton boys. Of course, of um, course. But I, I am interested in also the other Merseyside team as well and checking out the, the Arsenal-Liverpool game. Yeah. I think I'm going to be... I'm very excited about this, honestly. I mean, a very interesting thing about this, Arsenal has lost just one of their last nine Premier League meetings with Liverpool, which... Well, it'll be interesting because a lot of people feel both teams were uh, very underwhelming in the transfer market. Yes. Oh, horribly well, yes. But at the same time, Arsenal finished second last year. And I I think, despite what most people are saying, I think they have a lot of potential for this season. I agree. Yes, they haven't gone out and bought a lot of players, Mm -hmm. but they have kept their team intact. Agreed. And with how strong they finished last year, I'm interested to see if... That carries over. I agree with you on that one. Speaking of teams, Simon, that um, maybe have not been as strong as some people thought they might be is Brazil and the Olympics. And the big question swirling around that, first of all, it took them 205 minutes to score their first goal in the tournament. And they still won the group. That's insane to me. They won the group. Well, it's it's not as surprising to me because it is the Olympics. The Olympics are always a little bit of a crapshoot. I mean, look, Mexico, the defending gold medal winner, is out. Yeah. Argentina is out. Germany finished second in a group that includes Fiji. You know, it's it's it's, it's maybe Portugal's the favorite after all this, or Nigeria. Nigeria's a, a Nigeria's a been country. a great season. And, been a great team to follow. Yeah, and especially in the Olympics, the Nigerian Super Eagles seem to always put on a great show mm-hmm. in the Olympics. And it'd be great to see them finally, you know, take home something. I mean, an Olympic medal is obviously not a World Cup, of course, but or even an African Cup but of Nations. No, but if but it's, it, a, it's a big deal. Listen, though. you know, there's a lot of U.S. fans laughing at Mexico saying, ah, you didn't make up the group stage. Guess what? We didn't make we it. We didn't even make it, period. Yeah. You know? And we've heard a lot of criticism come from guys like Taylor Twelman and other analysts saying, this is unacceptable. This is 2016. We have an incredible youth system. We have players that are very capable of stepping up and winning at a high level. Why are we not there? Well, absolutely. And and the whole point, too, I've, I've also heard uh, Taylor Tolman, and the comment I love most that he's made is, you know, Brazil, Argentina, Germany, they don't need the Olympics to they improve don't. themselves. No. The U.S. does. Exactly. Because we don't have the experience of world championships for, mm-hmm. our, you know. Our younger players don't ever get the opportunity to do this. I mean, you know, think about it. Like, if we would have made the U23s, I mean, Kristen Pulisic would have been probably starting every single game. There's so many different guys consistently that you can have on the field that are younger players that us as U.S. fans like, I wonder how good this player is going to be. I wonder how good Julian Green is going to be. I wonder, you know, you could have gone right. through such a long list of guys that are shining right now for their clubs that don't see the light of day on the senior team. Well, and the, the tough thing is, too, my point before is we've had our youth teams not make some World Cups recently as well. Mm-hmm. So there's this whole generational gap yeah. of what it, do, what it does it mean to play in a big international tournament exactly. for the U.S. You're absolutely right about that. And one person I think that has come under a lot of criticism as well has been Neymar with Brazil. And the, the decision that he said to not play in Copa America and said, you know what, I want to play for Brazil, my home country, and my, you know, my home city, basically, my home nation. I want to be the, the face of Brazil soccer. And he's had a very underwhelming Olympics so far. And I wonder, Simon, did he make the right decision to not play Copa America? A tournament at this point that many people know is obviously far better than what we're seeing in the Olympics right now. True, and I understand that, but I would still say, no, I don't think he made the wrong decision. I mean, the Copa itself definitely felt more like an exhibition tournament, as it was. I mean, it was the second year in a row that the Copa was played. Yeah. Brazil has never won the gold medal in the Olympics. It's the one tournament that has eluded them. 
and it's in your home country. So I say no, it wasn't a mistake. Yeah. Uh, but Nigeria, by the way, did win a gold medal in '96. Oh, good for yeah, them. Yeah. Okay, I was wondering if they had or not. No, I, I, I feel like Neymar was better suited playing in Copa America personally because that Brazil team was very disappointing as well, and I feel like his presence there would have really stepped things up because the Brazil senior team that people knew from even the early 2000s, they just haven't been the same. I mean, they got completely ransacked at the World Cup a couple right. of years ago by Germany, and that was arguably one of Brazil's best teams. No, it just really wasn't. And in a Copa America, you're playing your heated rivals like Argentina and Chile and Colombia and the U.S. and Mexico, of course, are there too. But I think Neymar really missed a golden opportunity to help Brazil get back. I think winning a Copa America would have really been like, you know what, Brazil fans were good. Everything's fine. I think winning the Olympics, because it's not FIFA-sanctioned, I feel like, is, is a difference. Well, it is, it is FIFA-sanctioned. They work together with the IOC of on course, this. But yeah. I, overall, I understand your point. And, yeah. and, and I totally get what you're saying, but I think with the opportunity of being able to win a gold medal for your country still... It means a I, lot. It, it, it means a lot. And again, if this had been a quote-unquote normal Copa, I'd be in, agreeing with, in total agreement with you, Baxter. But for the fact that, again, it was more of a, an exhibition Copa. Yeah. Almost a replay of last year, same champions from last year. Yeah. You know, did he, did he really miss that big of an opportunity with the Copa America? I, I don't think so. To me, it was an underwhelming tournament. I'd agree. No, I, I, I don't have too much of a counter-argument yeah. against that because it was. I mean, regardless, at the bottom line, it was a very underwhelming, boring tournament as a whole. Um, all right, let's uh, look at MLS here for a brief moment because there's two big things I want to hit on. Uh, two questions I have for you, Simon, and I will obviously answer as well fast as we're here in the kick-around first part of the show. Um, is, Gio, is Sebastian Giovinco a clear MVP? Yes. Winner? 100%. Don't even think about it. Yes. Three yes. or two hat tricks in the last four games. Yeah, he struggled for a little while. And when you say Gio struggles, that means he scored what? Two goals and only <laughs> four or five oh, darn. games. I've only scored twelve yeah. goals but, in the last five games. But yeah, I mean, he he's carried TFC into the playoffs last year. He's carrying this team again this year. You know, Josie's out. Uh Gio was still scoring goals, and if he wasn't scoring goals, he's feeding goals to uh Jordan Hamilton. Yep. So he's he's been doing it all. I'd agree with you. I mean, I feel like there's no other, there's nobody else that it means more to their team. You can make an argument about Piatti. You can make an argument, of course, about Valeria of well, what they've been doing for their teams. But when you talk about one singular player putting the team on his back and consistently doing it, like Valeri's great. Valeri can send those balls in, but Valeri's not scoring world class goals. Well, I just I, I, consistently, consistently. I was going to say his last goal was was world class. You know, that was but, an incredible goal. No, I have no argument against that, of course. But but you, but then we see Gio in one game score a goal from an impossible angle near the end line and bends it around the entire defense yeah. and the goalkeeper. Then we see him take a, a I believe it was a. It was off of a restart. It yep. wasn't a direct restart, and but curves it all like it was going to go out, out of bounds and comes back in over the goalkeeper. How can you go from one world-class goal to an even better world-class right. goal? Like, right. There's not another category uh, past world-class, I right. feel like, at that point. So I, I'd have to agree. I think at this point, barring some sort of injury or something, there's no reason why he shouldn't be the unanimous MVP, I feel like, at the end of the Landon Donovan MLS MVP. At the end of I the still year. want Landon to come back and... Win it himself. Landon Donovan wins the Landon Donovan trophy. That would be amazing. All right, uh, final question for you before you have one more thing you want to talk about, of course. Uh, what do you think the chances are of FC Dallas winning the treble? I think they're, they're, they are the best that we've seen in a long time. Agreed. Now, obviously, they're in the final for the U.S. Open Cup after that 
lethargic game against the LA Galaxy <laughs> yep. that ended up becoming very exciting in in the uh, extra time periods. Mm-hmm. Um, they're one. I think they're the best team in MLS right now, I think which so. we'll get to later as of well. Course. Uh, so you've got those two that. They're in striking distance of the supporter shield, if not top. Actually, I haven't they, checked the standings. They lead, they lead the standings right now. Right, and, and with how how consistent they've been, Baxter, with their power players. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they've got a young roster that plays very exciting soccer. Agreed. That any time they step on the field, I think they're the favorites to win the game. So, absolutely. And, and the seriousness in which they took the semifinal, they put almost a full-strength team out there against the LA Galaxy. I think the bottom line is if FC Dallas makes it from the Western Conference, there's no team in the East that I can honestly say will actually beat them. Like, there's no one team I can look at in the Eastern Conference and be like, well, if they play Toronto, if they play Montreal, they actually could lose. No, there's not a single team in the Eastern Conference that I'd be like, they're done. Like, the the Western playoffs are going to be much more entertaining than the the final. Yes, yes. Well, you you would hope so. At the same time, we've talked about this before, the West beats up on themselves so much. They do. When you finally get to the final, you're almost sputtering in, like, we have three healthy players. It's like, oh, gosh. Uh, Although that does set up, then, like, 11-round shootouts where the ball hits the post, both post and bounces out. Every single time. (laughs) But, you know... They could almost win the quasi-quad as well, the quadruple, with winning the Western Conference crown. Just one of those unique that's things one in, of those in American things. sports. Exactly. <laughs> I, oh, that's true. They could technically take home four total trophies. All right. You have one other thing you want to briefly hit on before just, we go to Yeah, break. real quick. So I just think this is an interesting note, Baxter, that uh, from the U.S. U-17 team, so this kind of goes back to what we were talking about, okay. uh, Austin Trusty signed uh, a pro contract now. He was going to be going to the Tar Heels, so University of North Carolina, who's got a a pretty decent program. Uh, But instead, he has signed with the Philadelphia Union. He is the 16th player from the U-17 squad to sign a pro contract, which means you've got a lot of players now going to these academies, jumping onto these basically USL teams mm-hmm. now, but the reserve teams. Yeah, he'll play Bethlehem and, Steel and probably. Exactly, and skipping college to do so. Now, I, in the end, I have no problem. That's mm-hmm. how it works pretty much around the world. Yeah, absolutely. My one thing is, are we in a place right now where these teams are paying enough that it makes sense to be skipping Well, if college? you're going from a high schooler that you make whatever, seven fifty, eight fifty an hour working whatever high school job you have to all of a sudden even making 30000 or $40,000 a year, you're probably already going to be making that after your four-year degree anyway, depending on what major you, you, know, you do. Why not do it in a job you actually love? That's a very fair point. And, of course, you can always go back to school. Exactly. That's the, I mean, you hear about that you all the time. You live once. Exactly. Go back to school. I mean, you don't play soccer for, you know, until you're 60, 70, 80. Like, he'll, he'll probably play if he's healthy and lucky until he's mid-30s. And I will say the one thing I think the league is doing, if I've read this correctly, they, they're sponsored by that online university. Southampton University. Right, yep. right. And I believe they're providing these kids with... Which is good. It's, it's online school. Well. You get that opportunity sure. to do it on the go. We've seen Omar Gonzalez in those commercials, too. I mean, yeah, he's technically down, not even in MLS anymore. He's down in Mexico, but he's still pursuing his degree and saying, look, I play professional sports. I still make time for my degree because I know soccer is going to be done at some point in my life, and I still want to be able to provide for my family and have a career and make a life for myself, yeah, which absolutely. is very commendable. Absolutely. And I think that... You know, and I can see the I can see the money bags, of course, in his in this young fellow's eyes, of course, saying I can make thirty thousand dollars a year. Whoa, I can make forty or however whatever they pay USL guys. I mean, 
probably anything over $20,000 a year is, is a big deal for these kids. I mean, they don't need much. He's 17. He's, and if you're getting that free education, again, why, why not? not? Exactly. You're absolutely right. All right, we're going to run to a break. When we come back, Sarah Hagen of Orlando will be here with us to chat about her journey around the great, wonderful place. And by the way, all MLS teams still undefeated in CONCACAF Champions League. Play. By the way, by the way, I love it. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. Welcome back inside the studio for another edition of Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Simon Provan joining us remotely again. You're, uh, are you on a boat? Is that what I've heard, Simon? Where are you today? I'm a little confused. Well, I've been, I've been, I've been cleaning a boat all day, Baxter. Cleaning a boat? I couldn't, couldn't head over to the studio. Yeah, we're but going... You're, but uh, you're a radio host. When do you have time to go on the high seas? Well, kind of like the low seas, you know, heading up north, which is, uh, as, as our next guest, will probably confirm you know going up north wisconsin at least once a year is like the thing you got to do that's true no you're absolutely so, right so about we're, that. we're heading up north dude fair enough fair enough well the provan clan is hitching up the wagons uh we do have a great guest uh hailing from appleton wisconsin she goes by apple but some people might know her better as sarah hagan of the orlando pride and she joins us now here on to upfront sarah how are we doing today i'm great just happy to to be all along in this uh conversation Absolutely. Well, we're excited, Sarah. I mean, I think the biggest thing right away uh, for those that know our show is that we are here in Wisconsin, uh, down in Milwaukee, and you have a a big tie to the state of Wisconsin as well, too. Uh, You're from Appleton, Wisconsin. Your nickname is Apple. You're a Packers fan. It's just the list goes on and on of reasons why you're already the coolest player in NWSL. But uh, uh, I know that we're both, we're all very excited to have you here. And, uh, you know, of course, you've been around the league a little bit here and there, too. But, um, you know, how are things looking right now with the Orlando Pride? You guys are, you know, halfway through your your inaugural season. And how are things looking? And uh, how are you feeling as well as a player? Uh, the season's been going well. Obviously, it's you know our first season all together, so there's been um, you know some difficult times, um, some also great times, good memories. Um, we are currently in a about a three week break, break because of the Olympics going on, um, and we actually start up again on August 26th. So um, right now we're just trying to um, maintain our fitness, um, and then once our you know, our national team players get back. We'll um, try to close out this season. Uh, we have five games um, once we get back from the Olympics. So um, we have five games to kind of really push into gear and try and make a run for the playoffs. Now you talk about being that, that run for the playoffs right now. You guys are uh, sitting outside the playoff uh, rankings mm-hmm. right now. You guys are 6-9-0 and oh, uh, on the season. Not exactly the worst of inaugural seasons, as some teams know. I mean, sometimes it, you know, it goes all right, sometimes it all falls apart. But I feel a lot of that does attribute from having you know, some of those other you know, dynamic players on your team. You know, talk a little bit about what it's like to have Alex Morgan and Ashlyn Harrison, a couple other of those you know, incredibly talented international players, as, long, as well as yourself as well, you know, kind of all together, figuring it all out together this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's been difficult. Just you know, you're, everyone's kind of thrown together, and you basically have a month of preseason to kind of try and make things work for your first game. So, um, you know, I think we started off the season um, on a good note, and we're able to you know get some good wins. Um, I mean, 
we would like, to, I'm sure we would all like to be sitting a little bit higher up in the standings, but, um, you know, we've, I think we've also bring up, brought a lot of excitement to, to the city of Orlando, um, especially, you know, when you have names like, you know, Alex Morgan and Ashlyn Harris, like you've mentioned. Um, and then you also have, you know, we have four other uh, international players who are playing in the Olympics as well. So, um, and I, I also think um, if, you know, talk, if you talk to anyone that was in the stands during some of our games, you know, we, we tend to make them pretty entertaining and exciting. And, um, <laughs> you know, we, we kind of find a way to win right at the last second. So it's, it's been a, a season of highs and lows, that's for sure. Yeah, one of the highs in the season for you, Sarah, was getting that game-winning goal against Seattle on Mother's Day. Uh, for people that don't know, you were actually diagnosed and, and fought cancer when you were 15 years old. Uh, what was it like to score that game-winning goal on Mother's Day, considering the lens in which you view life through? Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was pretty exciting. Um, probably one of you know definitely in top five moments of my career, um, and even just uh, in life in general. Um, I had just celebrated two days before that my 11-year anniversary of being cancer-free. Um, and I ended up scoring the game-winning goal, which happened to be in the 11th minute of mm. the game. So, oh, wow. <laughs> um, that was kind of kind of crazy. It's always funny how course, things like that work, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and as Baxter uh, had mentioned with the introduction, you went to UW-Milwaukee, you played mm-hmm. with Appleton Soccer Club, Brookfield Soccer Club, uh, the old FC Milwaukee's Nationals. If you could go back and, and just, you know, tell the people of Milwaukee, the great state of Wisconsin, what it's like to be representing UWM on the big stage. I mean, on top of that, of course, you played in the women's Bundesliga over in Germany with Bayern Munich, and now you're, you know, you spent, you won a championship with FT Kansas City last year, and now you're uh, with Orlando Pride, um, you know, starting many games, putting in a lot of minutes. What's it like to represent? And maybe you don't look at it that way, but but certainly, obviously, people outside of it do to, to represent the state. Um, yeah, it's it's a great honor, and it's something that I'm very proud of. You don't really hear of too many um, soccer players who have made it to where I am today, coming from Wisconsin. So, um, you know, when I go back to Appleton and am in the area, it's, it's great to to do little clinics and little coaching um, sessions with. Uh, some of the girls growing up because, you know, they've heard of my name and if not have seen me play before. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's great. It's a great feeling to know that, you know, there are kids that look up to you and, um, you know, playing, um, you know, club soccer in Milwaukee and Brookfield and then going to school there um, at UW-Milwaukee. Um, you know, anytime I go back there, it, it's great to interact with the people of, you know, all the staff at UWM and, um, just involved, being involved in the community, um, and then you know, obviously going overseas to Germany, um, and then deciding after two and a half years to come back to the U.S. League and give that a try. Um, you know, so far in my career, this is my fourth season as a professional, and I, I don't think I would have done it any other way. Um, coming out of college, I decided to go straight overseas to, to Germany to play, um, which ended up being a great decision because. Um, like a month after I was over in Germany, the U.S. League folded. So hmm. um, the playing in the German League was 
was great for my career as, you know, as a player and also just as a person of growing up and coming out of college and kind of taking that, um, that jump, you know, into the real life. And um, I, I'm happy to be back in the U.S. League and um, especially with a team like Orlando, an organ- organization like Orlando where it's everything has been very professionally managed and um, the the community really has embraced the whole women's soccer Talking with Sarah Hagen here on Two Up Front of the Orlando Pride. Sarah, one thing that we always like to ask uh, our guests that have had the opportunity to play both uh, overseas and here domestically are the, 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 the differences. You had the opportunity to play in the Bundesliga, which from the men's side, as many people know, is arguably one of the best leagues in the world, even from a women's perspective, too. I mean, you know, FC Bayern Munich, they have an incredible women's team, and there are a lot of other teams all throughout you know, Europe that are you know, incredibly talented, but... Are there noticeable differences between playing in Europe and now playing in a revitalized NWSL, especially after winning a championship, too, with FC Kansas City? Yeah, I mean, there's there's huge differences. Um, I I would like to say that the, the Bundesliga, the German League, is much more concerned with um, the way that you move the ball up the field. It's much more technical, tactical. Um, whereas I feel like the the U.S. League sometimes is based much more off of your your speed, your strength, um, your quickness, agility. Um, so I mean, there are similar you know aspects to the game. It's, it's both good quality soccer, um, but you know, for me, I think I probably have done better over in the German League, um, just as far as the buildup of soccer. Um, Whereas here, for me personally, being a, a taller, more target forward, the speed of the game has been um, a, a little bit of a challenge for me. And that's one thing I was curious about, too, is because you had such big success over in Germany you know, while you were there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you scored 38 goals in 51 matches, and here you've only scored about nine goals uh, in your time in the NWSL. Does that concern you at all from the fact of like, hey, I, I had such a high rate of production in such a short amount of time, and now for some reason... I can't put the ball in the back of the net as consistently. Has that been injury? Has that been the players around you just getting accustomed to uh, being back in a different league? Or what exactly is that? Um, I mean, when I first came back to the U.S. League, um, I thought, you know, I was able to score a few goals in our games. And um, kind of just ever since last season, it's just been, um, you know, my minutes have been down quite a bit. Um, and just, you know, like I said, I think sometimes the speed of the game, um, whereas, you know, the U.S. League, I, like I said, it's much more based on your speed, your strength, and it's, a lot of times most teams play much more direct, hmm. um, and so that favors more so like a, a forward who's quick and fast and behind, whereas I'm more of a, you know, a box kind of player. So, um, you know, I'm hoping that you know know, this is our first season all together at Orlando and um, we're still trying to all figure out how everyone plays so you know hopefully next season and and going into the rest of this season that you know we can start um, finding those moments more. Well Sarah I don't want to leave this Germany discussion behind just yet because there's Mm -hmm. one interesting fact about you that doesn't have anything much to do with soccer but but apparently Cupcakes you make are actually very famous <laughs> in Germany. Yes. So uh, yeah, they are. I've the um, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when I was living over in Germany, I don't know. Me and my roommate must have been talking about how 
you know, we've missed cupcakes or how we had cupcakes one time for to celebrate something. And um, none of the German teammates knew what a cupcake was. So we, you <laughs> know, sad. <laughs> try to translate it and show them a picture and like, oh, yeah, we don't have those. So I was like, what? You guys have never had a cupcake before. So, um, yeah, I had to put my baking skills to use and, um, yeah, whipped up a few different kinds and then kind of brought that back to the U.S. with me. And um, I, I just like baking and cooking in general. So That's that's awesome. So so the Irish celebrate St. Patrick's Day with, with uh, you know, St. Patrick bringing the gospel to Ireland. Maybe someday we will have the uh, St. Sarah Hagen Day for bringing the gospel <laughs> yeah. to Germany. I like that. And, and, first, yeah. and you've got a good fallback, too, if soccer doesn't end up working out for you, Sarah. Be like, oh, just open Sarah's cupcakes yes, exactly. or something like that. Well, one other thing I'm, I'm really curious about, Sarah, here before we let you go is the consistent, I don't want to call it stocking, but the consistency of Lyon and France going after your teammate, Alex Morgan. Have you heard anything mm-hmm. more about what's going on with that? Or as a teammate of Alex, have you seen how she's been able to handle that? It's it's kind of almost comical at this point of how much Leon just continues to kind of go after her on Twitter and say, hey, come play with us. Hey, come do this. Hey, come do that. And is it from, I'm just curious from a teammate perspective, um, you know, if you've seen any more reaction of how she's taking it or just how you as an outsider kind of view the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I haven't actually talked to her much about it um but i mean if if you were to talk to any club in the entire world i'm sure that they would be you know trying to get alex morgan um and especially with leon being having such a um a profile as a, as a team you know why not put the pressure on her to you know try and come there so but i i haven't talked to her much about it um but you know i think she's happy to be here in orlando she's here with her husband um so yeah well, I just want to say, Sarah, the next time you're you're back our way, I'm going to make sure that I know that's happening because I've got a nine-year-old daughter that's playing soccer. I'd love her to do a, a clinic with you, but I'm also going to demand some of these famous cupcakes come with you. <laughs> okay, I can do that. Fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for taking time today here on Two Up Front. You can catch Sarah, a part of the Orlando Pride. She wears the number eight jersey, and she represents the great state of Wisconsin very well, not only off the field with her beautiful cupcakes, but also on the field with her incredible goals as well. Sarah, it's been a pleasure, and we hope to have you back on the program again in the future. All right, thank you so much. We're gonna Thanks, run. Sarah. We're gonna run to a break. When we come back, we've got much more in store for you. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. Stay right here. Welcome back inside the studio for another edition of Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan, let's check out the Olympics and our wonderful U.S. Be- women. Before we do that, Baxter, oh, yes. I, gotta, I have to apologize, and if Sarah's still listening, I'm sorry for uh, <laughs> for murdering your last name, saying Hagen instead of Sarah Hagen. But i, I got to tell you where it came from. Okay, So I'm please. thinking of this whole cupcake thing, right? Yes. And and talking about having this, this day to celebrate of Sarah Hagen. Yes. Well, when I started to say it, it, and I, I was thinking Hagen Dazs ice cream. Therefore, instead of saying Hagen Day, I went with Hagen Day. <laughs> it makes sense to me. I mean, you know, Hagen Day or Hagen Day cupcakes instead yeah. of, you know, Hagen Dazs. And she was in Germany at the time, too. So, I mean, it, 
It makes full. It makes yeah, sense to me. Yeah, so but I just I felt bad after after I the the syllables came out of my You're mouth. Like, I was like, wait, oh no, wait, that's not what I meant. Too funny. Well, yes, we special thank you to Orlando Pride uh, forward Sarah Hagen for joining us in our last segment, uh, and we look forward to seeing her on the field again for the Pride, of course, but also for the U.S. Women's National Team as well too. And just a remarkable story too. Eleven year cancer survivor as well, and just everything that she's done and overcome is is truly remarkable. It's it's. Yeah, it's an awesome story. We would have loved to be able to spend more time with her to yep. talk more about that. So I, I encourage all you fans to go out there and, and check out her story online. It's, Absolutely. it's really an amazing uh, – it's inspiring is what it is. Exactly. No, that that is the best way to put it in total honesty. When you look at it and you look at the people out there, I mean, you know, obviously you play a game, and that's you know, you know very entertaining, of course, and sells tickets and does all this wonderful stuff. But at the end of the day – it is about the people, Simon. It is about their stories yeah. and what they personally overcome. And it's uh, it's remarkable what she's done. And we uh, we look forward to having her on again, of course, in the future. Uh, all right, let's look at um, the game that's going on right now, literally, as we speak. The U.S. women's national team is playing Sweden. Um, for those of you that are fellow lovers of the show, you know we're not a live show, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, we record the show usually about a day before it comes out. So, um Whatever we're saying right now, we either look very smart or very foolish based off of how the game is Yes, but is nevertheless, going. we will preview this game. We will, regardless. So if, when, as soon as this comes out, as long as you listen to this before halftime, you'll be like, oh, okay, sounds good. The good thing is it means we don't have to spoil anything because True. we actually don't know what the score is right now. You're, exactly. <laughs> I'd like to assume what the U.S. is winning. Yes. Hopefully. So... Baxter, about this game, they're they're taking on Sweden, so of course you got the storyline of them playing against their old head coach and Pia Sundage. Yeah, I never know how to say her last Pia name. Pia Sundhage is how I heard it. <laughs> Sundage. I'm going to go with Pia. Pia. That's how everybody right. calls her is Pia. So I I know they played each other in uh, was it the last World, World Cup? Cup? Yep. And big, many people thought hoopla. that maybe Pia would actually be able to exploit that, and of no, course that Sweden's didn't happen. Terrible. So I'm going to go out there on a limb and say I think the U.S is winning this game right now. If they're not, they're going to win this game and move on. But there were some trouble spots in that that 2-2 draw against Columbia. Mm. A surprising draw. A surprising draw at the same time. You know, Jill Ellis did play some of the reserves. And she did. Of course, Crystal Dunn had a magnificent goal. It's amazing when you say goal. she played the reserves because <laughs> our reserves are better than 90% of the world's starting 11. Yes, and that's what exactly Mallory what Pugh saying. is, is Mallory not Pugh, a reserve. Crystal Dunn, uh, oh you know, goodness. both great goals. It was great to see Crystal, who's been on our show, yeah. to, uh, to have that success. There was one spot on that field that everybody knows by this point that was surprisingly poor, and that was Hope Solo. Mm. Two goals scored against her, and both of which she could have easily had. Of course, that first goal just trickles basically through her legs after she gets her hands on it. Second goal, a little bit more forgiving, a nice curve, and she did get a hand on it. But when you are considered the best goalkeeper in the world, you're expecting to see her be able to parry that ball and not have a goal in the goal and finish that game 2-1. to But instead, they drew with Columbia 2-2. And you have to give credit to Columbia, though, for not sitting back because the U.S. beat Columbia in the World Cup 1-0 thanks to Carly Lloyd's you know wonderful things that she does, of course. That's why everybody loves Carly Lloyd. But at the same time, you you got to credit Columbia for not going away, though. And proving that, hey, sure. I don't care how good the U.S. is. We are gonna. We still want to try to win a championship. We still want to prove that we are a good women's, you know, team. Not even though our men are, you know, one of the best in the world. We as a women's team want to still prove ourselves as well too. And credit to them for putting, you know, the best team in the world in a in a compromising position. Yeah, and they scored their first ever Olympic goal and. 
it's great that you get to say that was against the U.S., the exactly. best team in the world. And then exactly. you score your second goal ever at the Olympics, <laughs> also against the U.S. So, yeah, give them credit. I was a little disappointed, actually, in Jill Alice going with Hope Solo in this game because if you're going to play some of the reserves, why not put your backup goalkeeper in there as well and give her that experience? You've already you qualified for exactly. the quarterfinals. Why not just let you know your backups get an opportunity? But uh, either way, though, looking at this now quarterfinal game with the U.S. and Sweden, the U.S. all-time Simon have absolutely dominated this. They are 26 and 10 against Sweden. They have scored 64 goals. Sweden has only scored 32. It's a goal difference of 32 goals, Simon. They've yeah, met absolutely. Once, and they've met once in the Olympics, too, so there is that. But the U.S. won that meeting 2-1, to one, of course. Well, and just looking at this tournament, too, I mean, the U.S. struggled in that first half against France when they played. Mm. And they ended up winning 1-0. You know, they, they responded to a poor first half. So I'm expecting them to respond really well to this draw against Colombia. I think a lot of people are trying to make more of this draw than really what it was. And I really do feel confident that they'll go up against a Sweden team who finished third in their group. Perhaps that was a bit of a surprise, but I feel confident that the U.S. won't be overconfident and that they will win this game. But that's the thing is is you can't look at this now and go, oh, Sweden, they finished only third in their group. No, no problem for us. And for those that know a lot about the United States, they know that they have never lost a quarterfinal match ever when it comes to you know big games like this, big tournaments. Uh, the U.S. have never lost an Olympic quarterfinal, winning their three previous matches, of course, uh, in the summer games when they have scored two goals in each of those matches, which the way they've seen them in tr- and so far, I mean, they've scored four total goals in their three group games, two from Carly Lloyd, and then, of course, one from Mallory Pugh and one from Crystal Dunn as well. I am, I am curious, though, Simon, not about the U.S., but about Canada. Hey, and, what, and what they've been doing. What a great match they had against Germany, My winning goodness. two to one, and now they take on France in their quarterfinal. I actually think this is the this oh, is yes. the match of the quarterfinals. If you're, if you're watching any single game, yes, of course, support the U.S. But please go watch the Canada game because that right there, I would love a Canada USA World uh, gold medal match. Absolutely. I don't know bracket wise if it works out like that. Yeah, I'm tr- I'm trying to see here if they even have that listed. Um, they've got the games listed, but not not an actual bracket. But yeah. nevertheless, going back to Canada here, Baxter, they're the only team to have won every single game that they've played so far. Oh, incredible. So, so uh, it, and it, they play with just such dominance too. They do. Like, that's the big thing. Like at the bottom line, if you're looking at this, this Canada team is outplaying what the even the U.S. is doing right now. Yeah. Anytime you go out and beat Germany two to one, and Germany's been having a fantastic tournament. Uh, that that's that's. It's Canada, so I don't want to say it's a big surprise, but but I think it did surprise a lot of people. I think so, with how poorly they played in the World Cup. If you look at the Canada team that showed up in the World Cup and you look at where they are now, you've got to be disappointed. You know, It's like, wow, okay. And I am actually right about this, Simon. Based off of uh, what I'm seeing here, uh, the U.S. versus Sweden, they will play the winner of Brazil-Australia. Canada plays France. China plays Germany. So the U.S. and Canada can meet in a gold medal match. And, you know, you look at this, too. So I think Germany's going to beat China. Yes. But either of these or any of these teams is going to make a great final, Baxter, whether it's the rematch of the 99 World Cup Mm -hmm. with U.S. and China. And, And this is me assuming U.S. goes through. You know, Brazil could give them some trouble. Australia could give them some trouble as well. We saw that in the group in the first game of the World Cup. That's right. That's right. But... You know, a North American championship with U.S. and Canada would be pretty awesome. And then seeing that rematch of the U.S.-France game, could France exploit more of the U.S.? 
uh, as they did in that first half in their group stage. I'd agree. All right, well, let's do some predictions fast, even though this game is taking place right now. Let's start with Brazil-Australia. I'm going to go with Brazil on this Mm. one. I'm going to go with Australia just purely from that's my, they're my underdog of of, of the teams remaining. I'm going to pick Australia. USA, Sweden. My my heart's with them because we've had so many Australians on the show. We've had Ellie Brush (laughs) on here, of course. Like, we we love Australia. We're like closet Australia fans, of course. Uh, USA, Sweden. I've got to go with US. Yeah, same here, of course. Canada, France. This is a tough one, but I'm I'm staying with the Canadians and Christine Sinclair and the magic. She Mm. continues to work. I, I really I really want to say Canada, so I'm going to, just okay. to be safe. <laughs> just to be safe. Uh, China and Germany? Uh, maybe not as much of a cakewalk as people may think, uh, but... I think the Germans are going to be mad after losing to Canada. Yes. And China just seems to be that... China or Australia have to be the weakest team left. I don't I th- know which one would be considered yeah, the weaker. Probably I, China. Which is kind of surprising where they were at just, yeah. you know... A decade ago, but mm. I'm, I'm going to go with Germany. Okay, I would have to agree with you on that one. So that would put Canada, Germany in the semis, and USA, and either Brazil or Australia, because we both, we split on that one. Right, right. So, all right. Well, uh, obviously, let us know your thoughts. You can find us on social media, to Upfront Soccer on Twitter, at Baxter Colburn, at Simon Provan. Shoot us an email, too, to Upfront Soccer at gmail.com. When we come back, Simon, Josh Hakala of the Cup.us is here. Don't miss it. We'll be right back. This is Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. Welcome back inside the studio for another edition of Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. I'm Baxter Colvin. This is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan. It's time to talk about the one thing that you love possibly more than your family, than the Portland Timbers, than almost life I, well, itself some I, days. I wouldn't go that Well, maybe some days. No, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> but, but, but pretty close. Pretty close. We're going to be talking about the U.S. Open Cup, right? What, what else would we mention in the same <laughs> breath as something that you love more than almost life itself? Is there, is there anything else that you really love more than U.S. Open Cup action? On? Like in the soccer world? Sure. Well, I do like the... I, I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's tough. I mean... I can't say I like it more than than my Portland Timbers. Sure, I, I can't go that far. No, but, that would be but when we're when we're talking tournaments, yeah, this is this is it for me. This is I it. Okay. It. I well, it. I feel like it's only fair, Simon, that we bring back your best friend when it comes to talking <laughs> about uh, the the wonderful world that is the U.S. Open Cup. The Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup is the senior editor of the Cup U.S. It is Josh Hackala, and he joins us here on the program once again. Josh, welcome back to Two Up Front, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. You are very welcome, Josh. We're excited to have you. We are all done with the semifinals. We have the New England Revolution up against the against FC Dallas in the final. FC Dallas, of course, hosting after their last second winner over the LA Galaxy. And uh, at this point, uh, your your job almost as the as the senior editor is almost kind of done now. You've you've gone through that crazy turmoil that has been the, all the you know all the rounds, the little teams, the big teams, and now. We just have a final left to play. Is it is it relieving for you finally to know that your your job for this tournament, at least for this year, is is nearly done? Uh, well, I, I still have all the stuff that I have not been able to do up until this point. So, I mean, it, it, all the statistics and everything that have uh, 
come up to this point. Like, uh, I still have box scores to track down from games from previous games. And, and, uh, so there, there's still, there's still stuff to do, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but it, it's, yeah, it's a little less chaotic than say, you know, the third round or something where there's like 20 or 22 games in one night and exactly and you're I just like I, I don't know what i uh, everybody won i i don't know it's just it was yeah, crazy. Let's, <laughs> can we just like I, I think there's some days where i just want to like write like just post the scores and just go to sleep exactly I, that, like, that, that figure be, it out be, go to twitter or somebody guys I, I may i may do that next year i i, I don't know I, I don't know like my 14th year of doing this i might just uh, meet a breaking point well, you've you know you've I would say you've definitely earned the right to. I feel uh, like it at this point, that, Josh, Josh. Yeah, after fourteen long, hard fought years, it's 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 amazing. You don't see what you do on uh, on this big of a basis, honestly, anymore, and it's uh, it's incredible, obviously. So, congratulations for nearly making it through uh, another uh, Open Cup tournament as a whole. You must be feel just about as tired as some of these teams that have been playing the entire tournament as well. Yeah, too. yeah. It, 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 there are those days where. And I, and I, and I won't lie, and not because the game wasn't well, wasn't interesting, but I was I was nodding off at times last night because it got to be those you know those days where you like consecutively don't sleep very well, like sure. or, or don't sleep very much, and then and then the, your body reaches a point where it's like you know what enough of this, and <laughs> well, then it just starts like let, like shutting down on you. And so let, yeah, the, let's be happens. honest, Josh. Too, I mean that L.A. FC Dallas game, the first. Hundred minutes was not the greatest yeah. game to watch. You know, it, it, no, it, there were chances, right. no. but it was it was pretty boring. But then, of course, you had six minutes of of a lot of frantic action going on, and and FC Dallas pulls off what to me was almost unbelievable the way they stormed back after that PK goal that uh, LA ended up scoring. And and I felt I think a lot of people who were watching that probably felt like that was going to happen at some point i didn't think it was they were going to leave it that late but it, <laughs> it was certainly you know it, you know once the goal was scored by the galaxy you're thinking oh boy but they've still got a pretty good advantage although you know the galaxy had inserted you know three of their best players into the game at that point so you know evening things up a little bit and and so you really didn't know what to expect but you thought you know with with, with the whole game and and they were playing pretty well, and you thought that there was going to be a breakthrough. But, yeah, they, they sure did leave it late, and it, was, it made it pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, I was actually surprised because, of course, the Galaxy did have it, – it seemed they had a few more reserves than uh, FC Dallas. I mean, FC St- Dallas started a Rudy, Seitz, Harris, Zimmerman. You know, you go down the list, Acosta, Barrios, Diaz. It certainly seemed mm-hmm. like for me that this was a game that FC Dallas – was going to pull off, I don't want to say easily, because it's never easy against the LA Galaxy, but easier than the Galaxy certainly made it. I'd agree with that, yeah. I mean, looking at this team, I mean, as a whole, you, you look at the starting 11 for both teams, and you say, well, there's no reason this game should have gone 122 minutes, basically, and had to take 121 minutes for a team to finally take the, the you know, that final grasping you know win overall, I feel like. Yeah, it was definitely one of the more exciting semifinals we've we've had in a while, and and, and to have it end that way, and and have it, you know, I, I think everyone kind of went on a maybe a roller coaster of emotions from the beginning of the game, where the Galaxy didn't start a lot of their starters, and kind of probably maybe even wrote the game off at that point, like oh Dallas, you know, they're already a really good team, they should just you know blow through them, and and you know they they uh, 
cancel each other out for the first, you know, 100 or so minutes. Well, I do have to say, I did send out a tweet last night that said, uh, it looks like most of the LA Galaxy van- fan base cares about the U.S. Open Cup as much as Bruce Arena does. Seriously. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, but, it, but it's yeah. funny, though, too, because as soon as the game was done, you saw Bruce up on the touchline hollering at the ref saying, we needed more, you know, th- th- I think you wanted more time after that goal was scored because they just kind of restarted the kick and then they, like, blew the whistle and the game was done. And he looked right. he looked frustrated, but it's, it's funny how he kind of turns that on and off from when he's, like, you know, upset about it. And then most of the time he's like, yeah, it's just a tournament. You know, here we are. It's... And Caleb Porter's been accused of that, too, for CONCACAF Champions League sometimes as well, too. But, I mean, at, at this point, though, especially with a coach like Bruce Arena, I, Josh, do we feel like he's, is he ever going to care about a tournament like this, or is this just a formality? I mean, if he hasn't by now, probably not. I mean, <laughs> I, although, uh, although, I mean, I, I do sympathize with the situation. I mean, he, he's sitting here playing against a team that didn't play the previous weekend. And they did. And then they had another game coming up. And, you know, it, you, you've got you've to gotta expect teams to, to put out at least, you know, like the rest of a few starters. Yeah. Well, so, it, I, I mean, I, I think the people who, like, expect every single Open Cup game to be, like, the, you know, the, your, if you have to play the Martians type of, like, lineup, then you're not, you're not being realistic. Like mm-hmm. it's just no, absolutely not. Yeah. So, the the, the I mean, one thing, the one thing I would say to argue against that is, you know, there's there are so many MLS games, and LA sitting pretty, pretty, pretty in the Western Conference. I mean, yes, they're in fourth, but really, if you look points per game, they're sitting in third. <laughs> They yeah. can they can, no, they can I, burn I, one of their I, regular season games when you're talking about a semifinal of a uh, of a of a you know of of a possible trophy. If, if for no other reason to the fact that you you know are are that close to a Champions League spot, and why not get that out of the way? Exactly. I mean, make it sound easy. I mean, like you're you're that close. So yeah, I, I I was I was a little surprised that that the lineup looked the way that it did, and uh, it, it but you know I, I can't. There's also another part of part of me where they were saying, well, you know, maybe they put out a team out there that can hang with them for the first half, maybe first 60, 75 minutes, and, hey, you've got three really good players sitting on the bench waiting oh, to Oh, yeah. Good you point. Know, to, good to point. You. And that's pretty much what happened. You know, they, I mean, except that they, they, they waited and, and those players didn't rescue them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but that, you know, that plan was working out pretty well. I'd agree you know? with that, yeah. And, so, I mean, and I'm sitting it, here watching this game, too, and correct me if I'm wrong, Josh and Simon, but I'm looking at this game going, this is very easily going to be the the MLS Western Conference Championship you know, round, yeah, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, very well could be. I would be surprised, honestly, if it wasn't, at, you know, based off of how good these well, two teams are. Well, some people were saying that that was like the de facto Open Cup final because yeah. no, nobody nobody thinks that the the Revolution you know that the Revolution are getting DC United treatment from 2013, even though they're not that bad. But I mean, they're obviously the underachiever of the team that's left. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. Out of, out of the final four. Well, it, and, it, uh, it would have been ironic. It would have been ironic had Chicago won that game because we'd once again be looking at. Yeah. The very last place team in MLS going to the <laughs> final like that DC United team was and of course they ended up winning the thing. Um Right, we we, we did some uh, some num- we we looked at the 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 record books and everything and uh, as far as as far as I can tell uh that DC United and I, and DC fans hate to hear this but they uh, <laughs> or maybe, maybe it's interesting. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's kind of a fun fact that that you maybe hang your head on. I don't know. 
but they are the worst team to ever win the Open Cup out of the hmm. 100 years. Wow. So, wow. Like, there's never been a team in the history of the tournament <laughs> that has been in last place. They got to have some sort of a like claim to bottom fame. of the table. I don't even think that there's been a team that's been like really low to the bottom, but I mean, but much less the worst team in the whole league. So wow. it's, uh, yeah, we couldn't find one. <laughs> that's so, incredible. Wow. Well, that's incredible. Well, let's so, hang on that for a second then here, Josh, let's look on new England and Chicago here for a moment. Obviously a game that, uh, for those that are big fans of the Eastern conference, they're, they're used to this revolution fire rivalry. You know, people, Talk about it, you know, from those early 2000s when Taylor Twellman did that bicycle kick in the playoffs to to help beat the Chicago Fire, you know, as part of the revolution. And you can go back and forth with this rivalry, but watching this game and seeing these two teams play, the only reason Chicago was even semi-sort of even in this game is because of what David Akam was doing the entire night. He is by far, in my opinion, one of the most versatile players in all of MLS, and I think he's horribly underrated, too. He's never in the same conversation as, you know, dynamic playmakers as Piatti or even Giovinco or some of those other guys that can tear defenses apart, but obviously the Revolution just had more pieces. At the end of the day, they are just a more put-together team. Maybe not, you know, as you mentioned, the best team in MLS, but when you're looking at what the Revs have on the field compared to what the Fire have on the field, it was David Akam versus the 11 Revolution players for pretty much all 90 minutes. Right, right, and and yeah, they they definitely did, but yeah, a comment might even get some votes for you know, and and there's always this uh, this rare situation where you get a player who is on a team that gets eliminated in the semifinals and still gets votes for player of the tournament, mm-hmm. and I think that he will because I mean, just what he he pretty much was the reason the fire even got to the point. And oh yeah, so, I mean, I mean, I I have to take a broad look i have yet to to do that to, to look at every player and kind of look at their whole body of work but off the top of my head i mean there, there aren't too many players uh you know diego restrepo from from fort lauderdale who will probably get a, a few votes even though they got eliminated last round but sure. you know it but it's it, it's those kind of things you got to look at the whole body of work and and he really you know it carried this team and and so i mean if for a, if i don't know we don't really call it a do we call it an MVP? No, it's a player of the tournament. So there it's not go. really MVP. But if it's you know, if it's an MVP, you could make a really good case for him. But I have to agree with yeah, that. Yeah, five five goals this tournament, is yeah. that correct? Yeah. Leading leading the yeah. uh, leading the open cup this year. Yeah, I mean it's it's yeah. a little it's a bit of a shame too. I mean, he played eighty nine of the ninety minutes of that match because he got a straight red card after his altercation with Kellen Rowe, but Aside right. from that, I mean, obviously at that point, Chicago, they're not going through, of course, to the next round. But obviously- Oh, right. No, that didn't, you know, they, they had already fallen behind 3-1. to one Yeah, so- exactly. But still, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't look good on the resume. But- of course. No, and you gotta, you got to feel bad a bit for Chicago for the fact that they were all in on this tournament. I mean, yeah. they, you know, they realize that their season in MLS once again yeah. is... Uh, is is gone it's basically. There's nothing to do. So really. they they put everything into this cup that they possibly could, and and for them to end on such a sour note too, uh, you know, again, you, you got to feel a little bit for the fire fans. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, you know, it, it, it's interesting, obviously, to see how they've you know come and gone, obviously, as a that power franchise. But you know, it's it's just how it goes sometimes, though. I feel like. I think that I think that they're the only team in the history of the tournament to make four straight semifinals twice. Wow! Like they, they did it in their heyday, and then they've done it recently with no heyday. Right. You know? So I mean, it, it's pretty it's pretty impressive what they what they've been able to do. The fact that you know, aside from like a small window there, I don't know what was that roughly between two thousand 
2008 to 2011, where it didn't really seem like the, the franchise was taking it very seriously. Uh, aside from that, it, I mean, this is one of those franchises that really puts it, you know, puts the tournament uh, on, on pretty high on the priority list. Yeah, right. Are they, are they the last club to have won the double, both MLS Cup and U.S. Open Cup, or is that the Galaxy when Steve Sampson was coaching? Uh, the Do last you, one with you mean with the double with with the Open Cup, or you're talking just yes. any double? No, I, I guess I, I guess the, more of the, the Sounders, true. Yeah, so the Sounders so the Sound, have won the double. Sounders did uh, the Supporter Shield right, and right. the Open Cup in 2014. But who was, um, who was the last to the do last double? We've the last double I think was the Galaxy in 05. Okay, um, okay, with the Open Cup and MLS Cup. So it, it's uh, yeah, we've had a few, but not uh, yeah, no no uh, no trouble as right. of yet. But FC Dallas uh, might be making a run at that. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about that earlier on in the show as well too about the chances of FC Dallas competing for that treble. So uh, okay, Josh, before we let you go, we got to get your uh, your thoughts about this final now. The Revolution and FC Dallas down in. Dallas. We're not going to even see this final for another month, basically. It happens, I believe, September 21st is the actual final. Uh, does New England have a half a chance at all at this point, or is it going to be you know, a clear FC Dallas victory all the way? No, I, I think it'll be a final, like anything else. I, I, I think it'll be, it'll be close, but I think that, you know, I mean, the last time these two teams played in the Open Cup was when it was in the final in 2007 in the very same stadium, mm-hmm. and the Revolution showed up and, and beat them That's and true. uh i mean the revolution had much it had a really good team back then so that was uh but it was i don't know it, i i have a hard time betting against fc dallas at home um uh, but you know it's another month a little more than a month I, I don't think we have the date set in stone yet but i think it's roughly september 21st yeah but um so. they still have to figure that out but they um but fc dallas uh, a month from now, are, are they still going to be the same team? I mean, if they're anywhere near where they're at right now, then yeah, I think that that might be your favorite. Uh, but if for any any other reason, just because they're at home and because they are who they are, <laughs> so it's uh, it's tough to bet against them. Absolutely. One, one thing, one thing, Josh, and I, I know you've talked to uh, other shows about this as well, but I, I'm just curious about your thoughts on the attendance. You know, it, it, for me, it is disappointing. Mm-hmm. I, I know this was there was nobody at that gala. No, and, and, and I know that you put out a tweet, I believe, about how it still was basically a record-setting semifinals as far as uh, attendance average. But isn't it a little disheartening to see? the lack of amount of people in the stands for what, you know, should be considered important games. Yeah. Especially for the semifinals. It's one of those things that it's just kind of a mystery to me, but you know, last year was good. Obviously sporting Kansas city packed a a record. It was Mm -hmm. a record 16,000 people, but they, you know, other than that, I mean, you look back and just other than a few blips, um, the 2013 of the fire, Drew eleven thousand. I think uh, Real Salt Lake had fourteen thousand. I mean, that was like the best average mm-hmm. we've ever had, with like about thirteen thousand between the two or something like that. So, I mean, it. Other than those, really, those two examples, it, it's it's been really, really sad. I yeah, mean, like no, nothing. I'd agree. Is, <laughs> like even like even. I mean, although there were some, there were some years where uh, you know it, they were at smaller complexes. Sure. So I, I think it was 2009. DC United played at the Maryland Soccerplex, and Seattle hosted at Starfire. So yep. those aren't like big, you know, seating, you know, places. But still, I mean, it, it, you would you would expect a little better out of this. But yeah, you're right. It was like 9,000 was the announced attendance for New England. 6,000 
can change was for the galaxy. My, you know, both are, they're always generous. <laughs> like sure, whenever right. they yes. do that thing, yes. round up and they count the, count the, the, the dogs and cats and everything. Exactly. The and, staff, a couple but, of straight but birds. But it was the, but sadly it was the third best attendance of the modern era with wow. the average attendance. Wow. Like close to a thousand. And yeah, I looked at that. I had, I had to make sure I had my numbers right. Cause I was like, that can't be right. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just, you're going, but you go back and like, I, yeah, I've got the list here. It's like, you know, the, the average attendance between the two, you know, from like 95 to like 3,000, 7,000, 2,000, hmm. you know, 6,000, another 2,000. That's 5, crazy. 000. Yeah. And, and, it's and not it's, like, and any, I think, even for semifinals though, too, it's like, these are, it's like another MLS game though. Like these right, normal, right, yeah. on, an, yeah. on a normal quote unquote MLS day, these people are drawing usually in the teens for their games, you right. know, but why, why only six or 7,000? That just blows my mind. Well, part, well, of, it, part of it, you know, it's got a, Part of it rests on U.S. soccer's shoulders as sure, well, of, yeah. of not really promoting this like U.S. soccer should. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. No, I, I I think that everybody can agree with that. <laughs> it's uh, but it, it's also there were also a few experiments along the way that, that that certain like there was one there was one year where I think it was the '99 year where the the Rhinos won where the the both semifinals were held at a neutral site, Virginia mm. Beach, mm. and Virginia Beach. I mean, I. I think if i off the top of my head i think the weather was horrible on top of that and so you had like a bad weather double header between the rhinos and so let's say you're like joe schmo soccer fan of virginia beach virginia (laughs) and the rochester rhinos a a team you probably never heard of uh are coming in to play the columbus crew and then the charleston battery also team although i guess virginia beach mariners were around back then sure they they were sure so, so Charleston Battery are in town to play the Colorado Rapids. If you're like a soccer fan, and those are two <laughs> no chance semifinals, like the best A League teams against the best MLS, te- you know, two decent MLS teams anyway. And uh, yeah, they only drew like two thousand for that. Yeah. But, <laughs> incredible. But it's midweek. It's I don't know what what you can do really. I mean, sure. I, I think maybe at, at a certain point, I, I think they have to at least get the final on a weekend. I mean, they they there's I mean. If you think about it, there can't be. I, I'm not a. I'm not a schedule maker. I don't know all the logistics involved with this, but the, you know, last I checked, there's only two teams that take part in the final. That's right. Usually, so that's why, right. Don't, why don't you look ahead? If you give a, a, a this much time, let's say a month, like we have right now, more than a month before mm-hmm. the final, that gives you plenty of time to, if you have to, move a game. Right. And you know, and and I, I guess I've heard arguments against it that they say well we don't want to you know we have fans who make plans <laughs> i'm like if you, you support your team stuff. through and through i mean not to draw this conversation right. out longer right. but if you go to those if you go to the premier league and you watch those fa cup games and those capital one games and the regular premier league games for any team those stands are full every single game regardless if it's their sunday league team out there you know that they're supporting or if it's right. the full-fledged premier league team like it's exactly they, they and, do and, or and die there sometimes if it's if it's not a team they're super excited about then you know like these lower division teams if you're like a only a, you only pay attention to mls well okay maybe you don't know who the rochester rhinos are or the charleston battery or whoever and and that's a tough sell maybe yeah but but a final, okay, more than likely you're going to have an, another MLS team. It's a final. Exactly. It's, you know, Champions League on the line. You should be able to sell that. And let's say if it's a regular season game against the Colorado Rapids or somebody, okay, you could move that. You know, exactly. and, and, yeah. and 
Yep. You'd only have to do it at worst. Two teams would have to make arrangements. Exactly. You know? So I, I don't see how they could uh, how they couldn't make that happen. Just at least for the final, Hopefully. semifinal. Yeah, exactly. Okay, maybe I'm asking too much. You know, to move. <laughs> You know, hey, I feel like at this point, Josh, you've got enough pull with the league. You'd be like, "Look, guys, I've been doing this for 14 years. Just throw it on a weekend, make everybody happy," kind of a thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think they, I don't think they listen to me. <laughs> awesome. Well, well Josh, we do, Josh. exactly, we do. Well, Josh, we appreciate you uh, using your uh, open cup knowledge on us uh, on our show today, and we appreciate you stopping by. Josh Hakala is, or Hakala, pardon me, is the. Uh, senior editor, the senior guru of all things uh, U.S. Open Cup. You can find him at thecup.us, and you can find all the greatest information there, of course, as well. And, Josh, where can they find you on social media as well for all your interesting and exciting tweets that you send out? Yeah, yeah, we, we, pun, we, we pun out a whole bunch of random stats. If you're a stat geek, uh, then you'll like us. Love um, it. Love it. Simon is a stat geek. <laughs> Where I, yeah, there's a lot of tweets where I'm like, I know you don't care about this, but that was the third time that this has ever happened. You know, <laughs> exactly. So, People are like, wow. But it's, yeah, we're at, at US Open Cup, uh, which is not to be confused with the uh, the official one, which is at Open Cup, which ah. started up about a year and a half ago. So, um, so yeah, we've been doing this for like uh, was well, counts like seven years old. So we're uh, we're still chugging away at it, and you know, on uh, Facebook. Uh, same thing, Facebook slash U.S. Open Cup and uh, Instagram. We're, I'm trying to use it more, but you know, I, I don't have a camera. I'm not going out to games and things. Sure. So, <laughs> so but we're working on it. Fair it's, enough. Fair enough. Well, Josh, we appreciate you taking time today, sir, and uh, we look forward to having you on again in the future. All right. All right. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. We're going to run to a break. When we come back, we got more exciting action in store for you. We're going to jump into MLS a little bit deeper. Talk about the uh, weekend that was and uh, some crazy action for the Portland Timbers and the Revolution finishing on opposite sides. And, of course, so much more. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by ShopFutsal.com. Back here on another edition of Two Up Front, presented by ShopFootsell.com. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan. MLS, are you ready? I am ready. All right, let's take a look at it. Uh, fun week that took place in MLS, of course. Uh, some big games circling around, some blowouts, some surprises, a lot of draws. And at the end of the day, yes, interesting things all around. I'm not even going to bother talking about San Jose NYCFC because it was a 0-0 draw in San Jose. If anything, credit to San Jose. They're on a four-game unbeaten streak right now. What, if I, what decent... if I want to talk about the game? Do you want to talk about the game? No. I didn't think so. Okay. I knew you, wouldn't, I knew you brought that up purposely just to say no because I'm like, you have nothing to say about this you, game. You know me well enough. I do. Now. I do. I've done a show or three with you. There's actually, can I be honest, Baxter? Yes. There's not much to talk about from this previous week. You're right. And not that the games were bad. There were some exciting games, but things finished fairly close to what I expected. Yeah. No, I think you beat me uh, by at least two or three predictions, I think, this last week. Yeah, I think it was, I was five and four. And I was three so, and six or something like that, I think. I mean, we don't need to talk about Montreal beating Houston. That was supposed to happen. That was supposed to happen. Colorado beat Vancouver. Yeah, I, I will say the, the, one, the one thing, give credit to Montreal, again, being without Drogba and still being able to win this game one nothing. Of course. 
But it's against Houston. So it is. Houston much is the Chicago that. Fire of the of the Western Conference. Yeah, they really yeah, are. Yeah. Uh, Colorado beats Vancouver like we thought they would. No, even with Giles Barnes in the, in the lineup, Vancouver didn't get that spark that they needed. No, and it's you know it's uh, up again up and down season for them. Whereas Colorado's been very consistent. Yeah, yeah they had their loss a couple of weeks ago, but one loss last... in the last like what seventeen right, games, right. something ridiculous like that. It's not much to really ride home about. It's like good they beat a team they're supposed to beat. Uh, Baxter. I do want to point out you beat me in fantasy. I did, which was weird because when I checked after the last game, I was actually ahead of you by a point in the standings. And yes. then when I went in this week and looked at things, I went, "Wait, how did he get eighteen more points over the course of no games being played?" So I think some math must have been corrected as they went on. But uh, Hairston for Colorado, who got a goal and mm-hmm. seventeen points in fantasy, I actually played him. You did, and uh, only one point. Four percent of owners actually played him. That's incredible. I think what ended up happening is uh, Kevin Molino, because he was a part of my starting eleven, as you know, because mm-hmm. he was part of your starting eleven right. too. He's he got subbed out. Okay, and I didn't right. sub him. Okay. I don't know who got subbed in in his place. Might have been Axel Schultberg. I don't know who got subbed in in his place. In total honesty, but even still, though. Um, that's probably one place where gotcha. points were points happened. were made okay. up after him. See, that's and we've talked about this. That that uh, tool has never worked for me ever. I have no idea. Which is fine. Which is fine. Yeah. yeah. So I finally am in second place in the league. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even though I even though I was. <laughs> yes, you are. You're, you're only behind <laughs> by, a, by a couple of points. So I, yeah. I'm catching up to the, our first place guy there too because he's you been, are he's been playing consistently. I, I've been catching up with him as well. We both topped. Uh, who was in second, now down in fourth place. Yeah, so we'll, well have to see. Anyways, people don't care about our fantasy. Exactly. <laughs> 50 points from Giovinco this last week after yes. a hat trick, because I captained him as well, too, of course. Yes. So hat trick yeah. against the Revolution. Um, what can you say? Bobby Shuttleworth, Brad Knight, and it doesn't matter who's in goal for the Revs. They need a new goalie. They just do. I'm done Which with is it. amazing, because he had a pretty strong year last year. Bobby was a great goalkeeper last year. He had a decent start this year, but he has just fallen apart. Baxter. A lot of that, though, too, is the miscommunication on the Revs' back line. I mean, sure, they've got some good players, but they've got good forward-thinking players. They don't have a lot of good defensive-minded players. I mean, everybody that plays defense, Chris Tierney, is known for making those left-sided runs. Landon Woodbury is known for making his right-wing runs. Even Jose Gonsalves and Javon Watson, they're known for getting up the field. They don't have a lot of guys that are going to be like, you guys go, I'll stay back, and I will defend the fort. just doesn't happen. Doesn't happen very often in New England. They don't have that Jay Heaps hard nosed defender anymore that'll just run right. you over to get the ball, basically. So TFC get a very important victory. Bring back the old player manager. Yes. Jay Heaps, throw on the jersey. Probably get be out better of there. than some of the guys they've got on that team right now. Uh, I will say a surprise result was DC and Philadelphia, though, finishing 2 2 after DC acquiring so many talented players now through the transfer season. Uh, they finish in a 2-2 draw with Philadelphia, who did not play Alejandro Bedoya in this game. But uh, credit to Steve Birnbaum in the 94th minute with the game-tying goal. Yeah, and it was uh, quite a bit of drama there at the end, as you said, uh, giving D.C. that point there with a 2-2 draw against Philadelphia. Uh, good for D.C. United because that was in RFK. And, uh, you know, they they have been the best team, again, with attendance. But hopefully that gets more people out hopefully. there. Hopefully. Chris Pontius, of course, for the Union, scoring against his former team uh, to what, what he thought at the point was the game-winning goal. But then, as we mentioned, Steve Birnbaum 
swinging back around for that game tying goal. Yeah, and Taylor Kemp also netted his first goal for DC. Good and, for him. Uh, it was it was good for him because he's actually been one of the bright spots in the DC back line. So it was good to see him get rewarded with a goal as well. I agree. Other games, Simon, that we need to talk about? Well, RSL got to mention. Well, okay, they beat Chicago three to one. All right, no surprise there. there. We go. But that I will say, I was surprised by the Portland Sporting game. I was uh, again, because of the back line of Portland, you know, they're going up against a team with a player like Dom Dwyer up yeah. top, and to see them not only win this game but commandingly Just win this hand game. Sporting Did, Kansas this City. was we mentioned at the beginning of the game. Diego Valeri had a scorcher of a goal in the 65th Incredible. minute. Incredible, um, and then. Uh, Jack Jewsbury doesn't score very often because he doesn't play very often for yeah. Portland, but he's in there, and he, he gets a goal, and then Adi finishes the day off. So Portland with a very commanding 3-0 win over Sporting Kansas City. <laughs> it's, it's amazing that we're in Week 22, Baxter, and we still don't know who Sporting is. No, I don't even think Sporting still knows because granted, Benny th- Fellhopper has been... I don't even know what Benny Fellhopper's been this year. He's been a disappointment. He's been a disappointment. Dom Dwyer's been a disappointment. I agree. Uh, they've had injuries in the back, so they're kind of dealing with the same thing that Portland was not as severe as Portland has been. So I get some of that as well. But it's just a very inconsistent team. Is it time for Peter Vermes to uh, be let go of? Maybe. I mean, he's a great coach, though, regardless. So I'm sure someone would try to swoop in and snag him around. If you're... I mean, we talked about it last show. Vancouver probably not going to get rid of their coach at the end of the season. But, I mean, looking around, Houston, I mean, we already know they got rid of their head coach. And we know Wade Barrett's the interim right now. But will he be the full-time coach at the end of the year? Don't think he's earned it, to be honest with you, at no, this point. I don't agree. With, I don't think so either. But before we lose track, Baxter, how about it? Clint Dempsey. A hat trick. Three of the easiest goals Dempsey will ever score <laughs> in his life. Jordan Morris does 99.9% of the work. And Clint literally just has to go, uh. There hey, do is. we know why Molino didn't play this game? I did not hear. Did I didn't not hear of hear an injury. I didn't hear of an illness. So he if you out there know he knew. why, why he, he didn't knew play. knew we were starting him, and he's like, that, nope, <laughs> not going to do it. So if you do know, send us, a, send us a line on Facebook or on Twitter. Tell us why we're stupid, why we should do this <laughs> stuff. Please, but don't say we're stupid. I don't know. But Nicholas Ladero, though, two uh, semi-assists in this game as well, too, along with Jordan Morris, of course. Finding the pockets, finding what it takes to swing those balls around and make it seem like he was actually a very good signing. Well, and and, he, and I think he was a very good signing, and I think he may be the thing that turns his club around again. And it, it is a bit of a shame that Siggy didn't get time with Ladero, you know, that Siggy Schmidt got let yeah. go, and then Ladero plays his first game. Uh, but give credit Another to Jordan. Another good coach that's still floating right now. That's too. right. That's right. And give credit to Jordan Morris, who could have taken a shot on one of the assists that he had to Dempsey, but he had the uh, frame of mind to pass that ball off after seeing Dempsey out of the corner of his left eye. Mm-hmm. And, so yeah, as you said, Dempsey taps it in. And then he ends up getting subbed off in the 59th minute because, as the way the Seattle coach put it, he uh, could not keep up with Jordan Morris anymore. <laughs> Is that that's right? what I've heard, yes. They said uh, he couldn't keep up with what Jordan was doing on the field anymore, so that's why Dempsey got his hat trick and then was pulled off in the 59th wow. minute. Wow. Which is true. I yeah. Mean, Jordan Morris yeah. is f- far... Uh, more conditioned player at this point in the career, of course, between the two. And then, of course, uh, the Red Bulls blowing a two-goal lead of the Galaxy battling back. Yeah, but still, to go from New York all the way to the West Coast and walk out of the 
I was going to say the Home Depot Center. It's not the Home Depot Stub Center anymore. Hub? The StubHub Center, yeah. with a point, is still a big accomplishment. Two goals in nine minutes. Mike McGee still saying, hey, guys, I'm all around. Well, he scored a still PK scoring goals. at the Open Cup game as well. And then Ashley Cole. Guy doesn't score very often, but when he does, it's usually a nice-looking goal. So. <laughs> and ironic about that is Ashley Cole is the guy who got the goal scored upon in yes. that U.S. Open cover Cup semifinal. Near, cover that post, Ashley. Cover well, that post. Well, you know, that's, that's one thing that is just erupted on Twitter, Baxter, is zone marking. Why are you yeah. zone marking on a corner? On a piece. Especially on a second corner when you just got beat with zone marking on a corner a few minutes ago. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. <sighs> feel like that might be what we're experiencing. Could be. I don't know much, Could Simon, be. but what I do know is that it's time for our predictions. Or, or did Bruce Arena say, ooh, I found our weakness. Yes. Let's, now we know how to lose this game. Now, perfect. He's like, Ashley, cover that post over there. Yes, good, good. I don't know. All right, let's look at some predictions for this upcoming week of action. Let's Vancouver and San Jose playing tonight. Uh, they take each other on in a game where traditionally you'd like to say, hey, I don't know. And I'm going to still say, I don't know. So I'm going to take a draw. Hey, that's what I was going to take. Oh, good. How about that? Glad we're all on the same page here. D.C. and Portland. What do you think about that one? Well, D.C.'s giving up goals again. Portland's scoring goals again. So how long would that last? You'd like to assume. I'd like to assume that Portland's going to win this, but I'm actually going to pick another draw here, Baxter. Okay, I'm going to take Portland. Even though D.C. hosts, I think Portland is going to still exploit D.C. The Red Bulls in Montreal, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Don't know. Well, hopefully Drogba plays. Drogba should be playing. He's served his suspension, which means he's going to be very well rested. Yes. Uh, Bradley Wright Phillips hasn't been disclosed yet of as what his injury is, so we're not sure about that. So I'm actually I'm taking Montreal on this. Even though they don't do well away from home, I'm taking the impact. That's who I've got, too, in my game. Columbus and NYCFC. Columbus, kind of just that team in the East that it's just, they're just there, hanging out. Giving up goals. Playing soccer. Eh. I'm taking New York City on this because of my comment I just made. Is Columbus gives up goals and New York City FC has found their scoring touch with Lampard. Uh, Villa's been a little bit quiet. Yeah. But you see Harrison scoring goals. Uh, even McNamara getting in there with a few. Tommy so. McNamara. I'm yeah. going to take this as my upset for the week. Okay. I'm going to pick Columbus. All right. Uh, the Revs hosting Philadelphia. Alejandro Bedoya will make his first appearance in the Union jersey alongside teammate Charles Davies as well. How does New England do at home, Baxter? They do pretty decent, they're, don't they? They're decent at home. That's that's the honest truth about it. They're not like, it's not a fortress like Colorado is, but they're decent at home. I can give you the official figure. They're 5-2-4. and four. They've only lost twice at home this and how, year. And how is Philly on the road? Philly on the road is 1-6-4. and four. Okay, there you go. I'm taking New England. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Sometimes the f- numbers are just all you need, and that's what I'm going to do as well as the Revs. Uh, in this game as well. Uh, FC Dallas and Sporting Kansas City, a game in the past, especially even last year, we'd have been like, this is the game. Like, everybody get right. to your TVs, watch this game. It's not going to be the case. Other than the fact that I think FC Dallas is one of the most exciting teams to watch yeah. in MLS, and that's who I'm picking for this one. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Even though they, you're not going to think that they're not going to be tired after their 121 minutes worth of play against a good Galaxy that's a, That's team. a great point, which makes me think, if anything, it might be a draw, but... I think they're going to be so high off that game, and they're going to want to show people that we can we can do both of these. Now, maybe they pull uh, Morrow. 
No, I actually was going to say maybe the – which team is it that played almost all the reserves against Seattle and then lost 5-1? Mm. to one? Wasn't that FC Dallas? Was it Dallas? I think so. They lost 5-1? to one? Yeah, they, they lost, lost 5-1 five five, to, one lost five to zero. Seattle. Seattle just – yeah, I thought Seattle just beat FC Dallas a couple of weeks ago by beating them 5 nil. Hmm. I'm still going to take FC Dallas. Okay. I have to. I'll, I'm sticking with them, too. Houston hosting Toronto FC. Is there really much of a question here? Houston, they just can't seem to string two passes together. Toronto, it's Giovinco. This is a, a quasi-upset. Okay. I think I think the humidity in Houston is going to affect Toronto quite a bit, so I'm going to pick a draw mm. on this one. Interesting. All right. L.A. hosting Colorado. Whew. This is another tough one. But L.A. is going to be very well rested. <laughs> Seriously. Maybe that's what they were going for. I'm I'm going to take the Galaxy on this. I'm going to agree with you again. Chicago and Orlando. Well, Orlando has not looked good, if we're going to be honest about no, this. No, neither team has looked that good. They haven't. You know what? The Fire gets their fourth win on the season. Oh, my gosh. I literally just typed Chicago in my prediction, and then you go and say that. <laughs> Seattle and RSL. Again, another tough one. RSL has been an up-and-down team. They played great this last week. Seattle has been a down team, but they looked great this last week with that Clint Dempsey hat trick. I'm going to take Seattle. Mm. So maybe that's my upset. Maybe. Maybe that's upset as a fan. That's your upset as a fan, I feel like, because you never take Seattle for anything. That's true. <laughs> I've got RSL winning this game. I think the way Yao Plata and Burrito Martinez and Nick Romando, who is only 34 saves away from breaking the all-time MLS yes. save record, the only record he does not own yet in MLS goalkeeping lore, basically. He's not going to get 34 you saves know, in this I, game, I though. I feel like sometimes these stats, though, like having these records in MLS, obviously it's an accomplishment. I don't want to take anything away from it. But you have so many players, like Brad Friedel, for example. He played a couple of seasons Brad in MLS, Friedel. but then he left and played in Europe. You mm-hmm. know, uh, even you, We're both big fans of Landon Donovan. But even his records, it's like, okay, well, Clint Dempsey went and played in Europe for how many years? So... I think you see what I'm saying. Sure. That they're impressive, but not as impressive as if, as if it were. Well, Nick Romano's played. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, Nick Romano's played in MLS his entire career. Exactly. Right? So right. in that right. in that state, I get where you're coming. Right. From. Right. All right, Simon. Uh, power rankings. Right after this. Sure. All right. Ready to rock and roll. Two up front. Presented by Shop Futsal. Back after this. Back inside the studio, two up front, wrapping things up. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan, let's do some power rankings. Let's do it. Some I believes and signing off, as we always do on the last part of the show. It's been a good show, wouldn't you say? It's been it's been a lot of fun, especially with our two guests, Sarah Hagen and Josh Hakala from uh, Hakala. thecup.us. We're just butchering everybody with a with the H-A <laughs> last name tonight. Goodness. No, but it really was, I've got to say it again, that interview with Sarah Hagen was so much fun for us, Baxter. I agree. And, uh, just a great great person to speak to. Great. And same know. thing with Josh. Always good to have him on. And, oh, yeah. He, you can tell his, his level bit. of comfortability, too, with us, too. He's just like, you know what? You guys are great. Let's just hang out. Let's yeah. have a good time. Let's talk about it. And I was surprised about that, too, because he's like, yeah, I don't get to talk about the U.S. Open Cup very often. I'm like, isn't it part of your job to talk about the U.S.? 
so well, I guess you, part of his hobby. Part of his hobby, know? that's right. He's not physically paid to do right, that. Right, right. Which guess. makes it even more impressive, all the work that he puts yes. into that website. And then that's how much amazing. He, yeah, it's great. I agree. And, you know, I I, I was listening to him on uh, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Thursday, making the rounds, uh, yep. you know, other other soccer shows. So and we appreciate him keeping him. us in our arsenal as well. Yeah, as absolutely. Well. We appreciate it. Arsenal. And, uh, arsenal. Oh, sorry. This English Premier League really started, starts so. tomorrow. Watch it if you're a fan or not. All right. Uh, power rankings. Here we are, Simon, doing our thing, talking about rankings and such. Uh, my number five is Fallen. They have fallen all the way from number two. My New York Red Bulls are at number five this week. How did they fall from, from number two to number five after that draw with... Whatchamacallit, LA Galaxy. LA Galaxy. <laughs> and then winning the week before that. Um, Because they blew a lead. Okay, you give, okay. You gave, they right. gave up a 2-0 but, lead. But four spots or three spots? Uh, the team that took their spot has been more impressive in oh, my eyes, okay, okay. In my opinion. All right, all right. Well, speaking of, speaking of teams that are impressive, Toronto FC. I wasn't buying into them because it's Toronto. But four-game win streak now. Yeah. So they enter my... They enter my power rankings, which actually knocks out a team that's going to surprise a lot of people, and a lot of people are going to go, what? Are you serious? And yes, I am serious. Okay. Why are you so serious? Why so serious, Baxter? You're number four. Who'd you knock out, though, Simon? Colorado. (sighs) Crazy. Why? They lost. They've lost one game in like 62 years. Yeah, but I'm I'm tired of the draws. True. Uh, Their win against Vancouver. It's Vancouver. You're supposed to beat Vancouver this year. They lost to NYCFC 4-1. (laughs) 5-1. There you go. Thanks for making my argument even more for me. Yeah, I just... I just don't believe in them as much as... uh, as I I mean, again, too, we both picked LA. Yeah. So my confidence in them is not as high. And it, it all goes back to... Their offensive power. I mean, look, look where one of their goals came from this week. Yeah, you're right. No, I, I defensive it's player. Good for him, though. Oh, great for anybody him. can score for them. That's how good they are. <laughs> well, I then don't why know. are all these draws happening? Because all these soccer. shutouts. It's Simon yeah. soccer. I don't know. All right, number four for me is the same that I had at number four last week. It's FC Dallas. They're playing well, of course, but at the same time, there's still a couple of things that are still bothering me. Yes, they're the best team in MLS right now. It's hard to argue against that, but they're not the most powerful team in MLS right now. They've uh, these these back look, the last couple of games. They beat Vancouver two nil. They beat they drew with Colorado one one. Then they beat Chicago three one. Then they lost to Seattle five nil. I know B team. Yeah, know, that was the B team. But still, the last a... even looking at the last three games, which is a big part of what we judge off of here on the show. Yeah, you you beat the worst team in the league. You beat one of the second one of the other worst teams in the league, and then you draw with the, one of the best teams in the league. Right. Well, you're you're you're, you're, you're going to make this argument soon, where I'm going to put this right back on you, Baxter. I know. Um, they weren't me, imp- they weren't impressive wins, though. In my opinion, I see. This is where I, I say you look at the way they played, and they were very impressive wins. They're a very exciting team. Look, that loss against Seattle. They they played they played their USL that's, team basically. Yeah, that's, you know? they don't even have you a throw USL you team. throw that out the door. <laughs> they've got one. So even if you keep that, their one loss. Yeah. In, uh, in with within seven games, which is why they're still in my power rankings. Right. Well, I don't know. Who's your number four? <laughs> my number four. I got to go back and find out. <laughs> I can tell uh, you, Montreal, Montreal, and Montreal. Yeah. They were not even in my power rankings last week. No, I, but they were in mine. They were. And they were. In, in fact, they were number three, and I dropped them just a little bit because of 
basically, I've got one team that jumped big time mm. into my number one spot. Interesting. Uh, my number three team is, of course, Colorado because of the fact that they have continued to prove that they can not lose at the end of the day. I mean, yes, they did have that loss to NYCFC, but NYCFC this t- year has been one of those teams, Simon, that nobody can really predict how good they actually are because then they go and they lose to a team like the Red Bulls consistently and well, sometimes if, they just can't put it together. If you get to knock a team three spots for giving up two goals, I've got no problem dropping a team after losing five to one. Yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> so my number three is the LA Galaxy. Yes, they are on quite an unbeaten streak, but drawing with Seattle 1-1, drawing with the Red Bulls after being down 2-0 at home. This actually has nothing to do with the Open Cup because I don't figure that into my power rankings. Sure. But when I'm looking at teams right now, as much as L.A. can fire on all cylinders, we haven't seen them doing that in the last couple of games. Hmm. Fair enough. My number two is Toronto FC. Four-game unbeaten streak. Uh, and that's not necessarily a bend against the best teams in the league. Okay. But the fact but. of the matter, Simon... They scored 12 goals in four games. Against East weak Eastern Conference teams. So if you're going to use that argument against they've got Dallas, a plus, they've got who a plus has beaten... 10 goal difference, though. I don't care who they were playing. They've got a plus 10 goal difference. See, it, I, it does matter to me who they play. It's an unbeaten streak, though. Yeah, but you can't, Giovinco's you got can't two say, hat-tricks in four you games. You can't say in one... That's fine. Great. One player. You can't say in one breath that Dallas isn't impressive because they're not beating good teams and then turn around and say, well, TFC's impressive even though they're not beating good teams. At the end of the day, though, they've still scored far more goals than Dallas have, though, in the last four games. But I, but Dallas is a more complete team. If they met in the playoffs right now. Well, of course Dallas would win. Okay, thank you. Moving on. I do a lot of these things on the show just to fuss with you, though. I know, I know. My number two team, which I actually argue with myself about, is the New York Red Bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they're also on a uh, quite a bit of an unbeaten streak. Sure. They play without Bradley Wright Phillips. They go into L.A. and they walk away with a point. Already made this point about they're flying across all the time zones. And to me, yes, you give up two goals, but it's still an impressive draw that you have. So you tire out in the 80th minute and you give up two goals. Well, they also lost three people to injury that game. Exactly. Right. They they did beat their big rivals. No Dax McCarty in that game either. So, so for me, New York Red Bulls, as much as I argue with myself thinking, are they really a number two? I'm going with yes, they are, and I'm, I'm going to keep them there. So, All right. our number, so for the first time in a long time, our we don't power have rankings. the same number ones. Not the it's same number ones. coming to it. that time of the year, I feel like, right. where we start to finally deviate a little well, bit. And the whole, that's what I was going to say is our entire power rankings are vastly different from each other, whereas these past few weeks they've been, well... A little bit different. From the same teams, just right. different positions. Yeah. So, so this, and my number one this week, I guess you can say, is a team you've already talked about, uh, is the LA Galaxy uh, because of uh, not only their unbeaten streak, but their ability to hold on in games and come back from behind, of course. I mean, being down to a team like the Red Bulls, who, as you mentioned, are the number two team in your power rankings and a very, very good team in the Eastern Conference, very likely they'll make a deep run in the playoffs as well, too. But the fact that you can go down at home as we know in the Step Hub Center, which is a hard place to win, or a hard place to win out on the road, but to say, you know what, we're not going to go away, we're going to come back, and we're going to be able to tie this game, I think shows the true grit and tenacity of what the Galaxy possess, and they were able to do that, which is why I still think they're the best team in the league right now. Well, I don't think they're the best team, but I still think we'll see them make a deep 
run in the playoffs. Uh, but my number one is FC Dallas. Makes sense. And I've already basically made my arguments. But it's because yeah. of the way they play. They are one of the few complete teams in all of MLS that seems to get it together every single game. I agree. I completely agree with you on that one. Let us know your thoughts about our power rankings. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at 2UpFront and 2UpFrontSoccer at Baxter Colburn at Simon Provan and drop us an email to upfront at uh, to upfrontsoccer at gmail.com. All right, time for the final segment of the show. And of course, Simon, you can lead things off this week because I'm a very nice, caring, and giving soul. You are. This actually goes back to our conversation with Sarah Hagen and the Orlando Pride. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. They've got a lot to get together, but they keep this team intact. I believe that Orlando Pride will be one of the best three teams next year in really? the NWSL. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Wow. So very early prediction for next year in the sure. NWSL. Um, goodness. All right. Um, for me, my I Believe segment, I've thought about this a couple of different ways. Um, boy, there's a couple of different ways I can go with mine, but I think I'm going to... I'm going to stick with a very with a, a, a timely one and stick with Alejandro Bedoya, and I think that I believe that Bedoya coming to Philadelphia is going to be that final spark that continues to to light the match. That Philadelphia is going to then be able to soar up the table uh, to where they were early on in the season. I think his international experience and his offensive awareness is going to be a huge thing to thrust them from five all the way up to. Two or one in the Eastern Conference. Well, he had a great career over in League Un, mm-hmm. and there's no reason he can't do it here. I with agree. A, with a team like Philadelphia who really can use him. By the way, Hall City still has not named an official manager to their squad, and apparently. Ziggy Schmidt. Bob Bradley is one of the ones that's at the top of the list. Why not? Get him back in the Prem. In the Prem. In the Prem. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Oh, and why not with a club like Hall City? That's They're the perfect, type of club that needs to take a chance. You know, they just they just got back up there again. So why not have somebody who has proven? Fun. Well, he's proven that he knows how to take these lesser teams, quote unquote, lesser teams, and be successful with them. Agreed. I completely agree. Why not? I mean, if you, you know, why not? At this point, you know, if you're Bob Bradley, that would be an incredible opportunity, that's for sure. Absolutely. All right, well, special thanks to Josh Hakala from the Cup.us, their senior editor, and, of course, Sarah Hagen of the Orlando Pride as well for joining us and the U.S. Women's National Team. Uh, great show that we had for you this week. Obviously, you can find all of our shows uh, on demand by going to the Sports Podcasting Network and listening to our show at 11.30 a.m. Central Time, and then on demand on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com, and, of course, on our website, 2UpFrontSoccer.com. We're also on Facebook, 2UpFront. Also find us on Twitter, at 2UpFrontSoccer. I am at Simon Proven. He's at Baxter Colburn. And you can drop us an email anytime you want by going to 2UpFrontSoccer at gmail.com. Simon Provan, always a pleasure, sir. Uh, Likewise, best Baxter. wishes on your travels this weekend. As That's you right. I won't be up, here next week. Up north. And yeah, all those up other north area. Trying to catch some fish if I can get my boat motor to work. <laughs> oh, I just paddled around here without the paddles. and Just kicking the water, dear. I don't know. Either way, he's Simon Provan. I'm Baxter Colburn. With our manager being the one above, we are two up front. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. 
We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.